Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boo to a Goose, a podcast about expressions, idioms, and slang. From across the pond. And today, this episode, this particular idiom we'll be talking about, is one that I believe if you were to ask an American person to do a British accent... I'd say two-thirds of the time, they would say this exact phrase and do not know what it means. Really? I would argue that anyone listening right now, I mean, they know what we're going to talk about because it's the title of the episode and no one listens mm-hmm. to a podcast without seeing what the title is, uh, but were they in that situation, which to be clear, they're definitely not, <laughs> they definitely would, anyway, yes, they would. So, um, it's a bit like then the impression that people do of Irish people when they say top of the morning to you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, or, or, uh... So when they're in Paris saying British people, people say, Bob's your uncle. Yes. Okay. Because it's I something, it's, it's a very specific and weird idiom that we kind of know what it means. When people um, parrot back my accent to me, they normally say cheerio. Which is oh, yeah. irritating because they're not saying goodbye to me. Yeah, it means everyone, if you ever say cheerio, you should know that it definitely 100% of the time means goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to get into Bob's Your Uncle Which today. Means, so if they ever do that, you could be like, oh, you're leaving. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> means I could be out of this dumbass conversation. Yeah, I, I am going to also, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. It is one of my least favorite things sure. um, when people from the States um, try to do their British accent back to me. Yeah. Um, top least favorite things ever. I, like, but I, one of my most favorite things is going somewhere where people are pretending to be British and speaking to them. And then they get very uncomfortable. Like the Dickens Fair. Oh, yeah. That's a whole episode in and of itself. Mm. I think we should go again. <laughs> so you could be like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, let, let's get into Bob's Your Uncle because this, this one, I... Again, I believe that not a lot of British people probably know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you want to start off with what it means? Yes, let's start off. Well, could you could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> My favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, so, you might be doing a task, or you might be explaining a set of instructions sure. to someone. You might be like... Explain like giving directions. Giving directions, how to make pancakes. Something yeah. simple. And you'd be like, and then you add your egg, and Bob's your uncle. You got your pancake. Okay. Okay. So, it's it <laughs> based off that, it means that... It's kind of like yada, yada, yada. Like you just skip over no. the important thing. Okay. No, no, no. It's not like that at all. It means there you have it. Okay. It, looks, it just means there you have it or there it is. All it's right. kind of like, ta-da. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, Bob's your uncle. And it implies something is um, easy or simplified. Mm-hmm. Um, no problem. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And you typically say it to someone to conclude a set of instructions or when you've reached a result. Mm-hmm. So like it's like like tada or the French expression et voila. Hmm. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you might say that British people say it just like Bob's your uncle. There you have it. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Um. Would they say there you have it? Not as well. Okay. I was just giving you. Oh sure. An okay. example. I was making sure you understood the word and the phrase. You take a left. <laughs> then you take a right. Bob's your uncle. You're at the amusement park. Perfect. Okay. Um, apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's the equivalent to the American expressions, easy as pie or piece of cake. Mmm. Well, we do love our baked goods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heavy on the baked goods there, those yeah. phrases. Um, it's commonly used in 
the UK, like I've heard it. I can't say I use it that often, I must sure. admit. But it is pretty commonly used in the UK and Ireland um, and apparently throughout the Commonwealth. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. The internet tells me it is. Maybe it was. Could you could you tell me what the Commonwealth is? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, the, the Commonwealth are the um, countries that were once owned by Britain. Oh, yeah. so like India? Yeah. Australia? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, do the Commonwealth Games still exist? Do we still call them that? Oh yes, the Commonwealth Games are a thing. That, this yeah. is something. I remember John Oliver's last week that I did a whole piece about the Commonwealth Games mm-hmm. and how America doesn't know what it is. Yeah. But it, it's it's the Olympics, but only for the colonized countries. Exactly. Yeah. I, I believe the uh, the USA left the UK too early sure. to be part of the Commonwealth. I, I'm not sure about the dates. I'm not very. That totally makes sense. Um, I mean, how old are the Commonwealth Games? I'm not very up on my history. But, um, yeah, it's basically... I mean, I don't know much... goes back to colonial times. much we know about sports. Anyway, Bob <laughs> Um, So, you want to know about the origin? I'd love to. Okay. Because so. where does this thing... This is, like, the most common... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I guess we never said it in my family because Bob was my grandfather, so it'd probably be very confusing as well. Sure, time. yeah. Um, but a lot of people say it, and apparently they're not sure where it comes from. As with most of these phrases. Right. Um, there's a couple of arguments. Um, one of them I read about, a theory, is that the expression arose after one of our prime ministers, um, Robert Gascoigne Cecil. Okay. It was also the Lord Salisbury. What's that middle name? Uh, it's not a middle name. His last name is hyphenated. Gascoigne. Oh. Gascoigne. Yeah, Gascoigne okay. Cecil. Gascoigne's not that unfamiliar a last name in England. I'm, I'm first, My first awareness of it, but oh. uh, fair enough. Okay, um, so what he did is he appointed his nephew um, for chief secretary for Ireland in 1887, as well as a number of other important political posts while he was prime minister. Oh. It was a form of nepotism, and according to the internet, it was surprising and unpopular at the time. I can totally, I can completely believe that that would be where we got this expression. Yeah. Because everything's easy if Bob's your uncle. Exactly. Ah. Um, and then the, his nephew, Arthur Balfour, actually went on to become prime minister after his uncle. And a lot of... Immediately following? Immediately following. Oh, my God. And he didn't show any interest in politics before this time. So he just got a leg up, basically. And a lot of um, kind of political theorists at the time or reporters just basically um, said that he never would have got there without nepotism. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That completely makes sense. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't know this either, but nepotism, the word, derives from nephew. So that backs up this whole hypothesis that that's where the phrase came from. Wow. Okay. This is also a link with those I words. I feel like nepotism almost always is used uh, in conjunction with, like, immediate descendants, children. Yeah. But, yeah, okay, nephew, nepotism, nephew. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's not, that's unrelated to this particular instance. No, I, I don't think the word came out of... Well, maybe it did. I don't know. How I long just, ago was the Prime I, Minister? Um, he was in the late 1800s, 1887. Okay, the word nepotism definitely existed before that. Yeah. So, that's one theory. That's so cool. Which makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, the other theory is that um, apparently um, that there was a phrase that existed in the late 1700s, apparently, that was called, All is Bob. Which apparently just means all is well. All is Bob? All is Bob. 
Yeah, I'd never heard it. Everything is Bob. Bob, we are one with Bob. Yeah, it was listed in a book. Bob is everything. That's, <laughs> was, that's so zen. It was listed in a book by Captain France, Francis Gross. Um, and his book was called The Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. Ugh. Um, printed in 1785. Um, 1785. Well, that's, they had a very different standard of vulgarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... If you, could, if you could see a woman's ankle, then she was thrown in prison, I think. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently it was a form of slang, all is Bob, and it just meant all is well. And so they think that, you know, because it holds similar connotations. And if all is Bob, and Bob is your uncle, no you're, problem. You're fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I like the other one more, but this is fine. <laughs> yeah, and there's a big argument, um, and there's some other theories that float around there as well, but these are the ones I found most interesting. Um, and apparently they've, you know, uh, been arguing about this for as long as it's been an expression about where it comes from. That almost seems like like someone, let's say someone made like a crazy shot, like a crazy like pool shot or something. They managed to get in like three balls at once and they were like, oh, it's Bob. Someone would be like, yeah, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> to be like, yeah, dude, you're not just lucky. You're super lucky. Yeah. Okay. And like, apparently, I also read, which I thought was quite funny, and maybe somebody can confirm or deny this, that... Um, for the first idea about it coming from nepotism, there's a variant of this phrase that exists specifically in Australia, mm -hmm. um, in the Greek community, and it's Spiro is your uncle. And that also denotes nepotism, okay. that phrase. I guess Spiro was an Australian person who received nepotism? Uh, I, I, did, I didn't get into the depth of okay. that, but yeah. Definitely that... isn't about Spiro Agnew, vice president to uh, Richard Nixon. Don't think so. I would, that'd be surprising if they if Australians were like, oh, the Spiro Agnew guy seems like someone who we should write an expression about. Yeah, and it would be surprising if it wasn't just Australians, but specifically the Greek community within Australia. Right. Yeah. Spiro. Spiro is a very Greek name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and the other thing as well is uh, we're looking at different variants of the phrase as well. The, right. One of the weirdest things I always thought about Bob's your uncle mm. is that sometimes in the UK, people will follow it up with the phrase, Fanny's your aunt. Hmm. And it doesn't mean anything more. It doesn't, like, denote anything further. It's just like an embellishment. And you could say it in response, or you could just say, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and then you could... You're at the amusement park. Exactly. Cool. Or I could say, Bob's your uncle, and you could say... Fanny's your aunt? You could be Fanny's your aunt. Fanny's your aunt. Um, aunt. And Sorry. apparently some people say, Nellie's your aunt as well. I've never heard that. Well, that might be because of what Fanny means. That makes sense, yeah. Why anyone uses Fanny in the UK is beyond me, because if, if you're listening... Um, I hope they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fanny in the UK, I'm not watching. don't know, um, does not mean bottom. Yeah, for us it means butt, like if you fell on your fanny. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the UK it does not. It, um, it means female genital parts. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. No I problem. I appreciate that. Yep, that's what it means. So I don't know why you'd say that was your aunt. I suppose it's a name. Yeah. But... Yeah, that is weird. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you ever meet anyone named Fanny in the UK? Because that'd be a, a particular curse to put on someone. I mean, not really. I, I suppose maybe back in the day you would. Like, yeah. I, I, I would always think it was maybe an older name. I mean, that's I've something... I've never met anyone with that name. That is like a name. Fanny yeah. is like a name. And that would be something to get into. Like, why of all names is this the one that means both for both sides of the pond i'd say <laughs> something below the belt yeah yeah front or back maybe we'll do we'll do like a double episode yeah. about, about each meaning <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i found out and that's where bob your uncle comes from um 
But no, no news on who Fanny is or where that came from. No, just that it's an embellishment to the phrase, like, for someone to say it back. Okay. Yeah, and over time, people have just kind of said, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Hmm. And that's been the thing. Okay. Yeah, maybe if somebody knows, they can let us know if they know any more detail. But Yeah, if you know who Fanny is, or if you could maybe even get us in contact, we'd love to interview Fanny. <laughs> or Bob. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Yeah, I mean... Like I said, we didn't really say it in my family, and I think that was because I had a granddad called Bob. Sure, and it'd be very confusing. No, he's not. My uncle. Exactly. As a small child. Bob's your uncle. Wait, what? (laughs) Has he been demoted? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's a very common phrase back home, so it's interesting to see where it comes from. That's really cool. I think I I feel very strongly that it's the prime minister. The nephew of the prime minister who then became prime minister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like... Winning the lottery. Bob's your uncle. Everything's easy. Yeah. And if, if you if you get it, you only got it because Bob's your uncle. Yeah, and you know? it just it just means nepotism. Yeah. Which is not too bad compared to the last phrases we were looking at that turned out to be like insults. Oh palava, yeah. That yeah. Was, or, from colonial or times. Or voodoo goose, yeah. Yeah. So this is not that bad. Uh, but all of these I'm kind of happy, weirdly happy to say that these have had some dark histories. Yeah, they have a <laughs> And we're bit. willing to get into it and we're willing to <laughs> let people know. You should know what this means when you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. This is the Party Ruiners Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Boo to a Goose. If you've not done so already, please be sure to subscribe and leave us comments and reviews on whatever format you receive these podcasts. It really helps us out with visibility, so we appreciate that, especially if you enjoy the show. Um, if you uh, get in contact with us anyway, we don't have we haven't set anything up as of recording time, but however, we have our various ways of getting in contact with us. If there are um, other turns of phrase that you think could use digging. Maybe you already know the answer. Maybe you'd like us to do the research for you. Uh, let us know, and we'll do our best to accommodate those. Uh, thank you for sticking with us so far. This is our third episode, and uh, we've been having a good time so far. Yeah. Um, I've uh, been Jacob. And I'm Annie. And uh, you've been listening to Boo to a Goose. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks a bunch. Bye. A lemon without any juice. Boo, 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 boo. She couldn't say boo to a goose. Yeah. Boo to a Goose is produced by Will Scovel as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song, She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com.
sup.com. And follow us on social media at sup.podcast. 